not so much what you know when you start, it's what you do after your door is open. That's right. what matters. Hey entrepreneurs, are you running around multitasking, always rushing to get to the next thing, working insane hours like I did for years? Listen, one day I nearly electrocuted myself because I was in such a rush. It was the wake up call that I needed. I had subscribed to the old way of doing things, grinding it out, thinking long hours and hard work was just me paying my dues. I was wrong and it was costing me. I finally realized it was the things I implemented right now that gave me the biggest results in my business. So the big question is, what should you be doing right now in your business? Well, this podcast will give you the answer. Join me on my journey as we have real conversations about struggles, successes, and tips. No glory, just the raw goods and fascinating conversations so we can get you to your next win now. Hey everyone, this is Now Your Business and I'm Chris Ward and I am super excited to have our next guest. He is a unique man all on his own. Let me tell you about him. John Nemo is an online course creator and a best-selling author who helps business coaches, consultants, entrepreneurs, and small business owners generate quality leads build their client base and increase revenue using digital marketing platforms and tools like LinkedIn and webinars. He's the author of seven books. John is a former Associated Press reporter, talk radio producer, award-winning PR director, and social media consultant based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. John also regular guest blogs for uh, Inc. Magazine, American City Business Journals, and his work has also been featured in the Huffington Post, Business Insider, and many other publications online. Since 2012, John has helped more than 500 business coach, consultants, trainers, and others across more than 50 different industries leverage LinkedIn to generate non-stop sales, leads, clients, and revenue. John, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Good, good, good. Okay. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Give us a little bit of your backstory. How did you find yourself into this magnificence? So if you can give us, let's say, a minute or two of how you got here, we love to hear that part. Right. Well, it all started with a meeting about fake trees and men in tights. How's that for an intro? Doesn't was, it always? Doesn't it, it always? It, it always ends up there somehow. <laughs> I was stuck in a day job that I was really not passionate about. And, and that was a, a particular meeting. I won't go into the whole backstory. But that was the meeting where I just had this aha moment, Chris. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this for the next 20, 30 years. I'm going to leave and quit this safe six-figure day job. I'm going to go out on my own. I'm going to launch my own business and I'm going to either sink or swim. What can I do right now to, to, to look at your podcast? What can I do right now to make it happen? How can I make this leap? And really back in 2012, when I did that, it was using LinkedIn right here, right now to find clients. And that led me to build a successful business. Long story short, a lot of journey there that we can share, but Nowadays, uh, I teach others how to do the same thing, how to use LinkedIn to find clients, get business and, you know, generate revenue, make sales. And that's where I'm at. Well, you know what? I, I really feel like LinkedIn is just starting to get their spotlight, their day in the sun. So, you know, in this 
expanded, crazy world we live in right now where everything is changing so quickly. Sometimes you mentioned something like 10 years ago and you sound like you're talking about dinosaurs, but man, you could have been in a, a relatively quiet field listening to crickets on LinkedIn in 2012. I know I was on LinkedIn in 2012, but it was still pretty clunky and not easily you know, navigated through. And a lot of people didn't know what to do with it. So what, what where did you start? Well, I started with LinkedIn even earlier than that, using it like most people did, and kind of it's finally outgrowing its initial reputation, which was job seeker, HR people kind of platform in that sense. I used it to find jobs, and then what I saw was an opportunity. So even back in 2012, I saw this opportunity when I wanted to leave that day job and go out on my own was, there's all these professionals all over the world on LinkedIn you have all this information available at your fingertips. It's essentially the world's biggest search engine for leads. Why wouldn't I use LinkedIn like the world's largest coffee shop online to start talking to the exact people that I want to sell my products or services to? So that led me back then, like you said, it was very clunky and difficult and it mm -hmm. wasn't super easy, but it was an opportunity to use it in a way that others weren't. And I think nowadays it's much different. The marketers have descended, right? The locusts have come. The yeah, sales yeah. plague is, is all over LinkedIn and everyone's pitching and spamming and there's still amazing opportunity. And I agree with you. I think LinkedIn is finally getting its due. Everyone's talking about it. it's the hot network. There's something going on here. We got to pay attention. And it's yeah. great for you and I who have been on it for years. It's just going to make it easier to use. And LinkedIn really has improved quite a bit. Microsoft bought them a few years ago for $26 mm -hmm. billion. And so they're not going anywhere. They're at the big kids table now of social media. Yeah. It's just understanding. It still comes back, Chris, to how do you actually sell online? Whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever it is. How do you do that right now? The, the big mistake so many people make is people are still trying to sell online as if there's not a real person on the other end of that message. Right. And right. that's where all the way back to 2012 and I get into all the tactics, but even there I thought, okay, treat this like a one-on-one -on -one real life coffee shop meeting. I wouldn't walk in and meet you face to face in coffee shop and immediately go, can I have 15 minutes of your time to save you $40,000? Yeah, yeah. You know, like I wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't start yeah. there. You would, yeah. you would break Are you the interested ice. in passive income? Cause I can help you with that. I know nothing about you or how much more money you make than me, <laughs> right. but I can help you. Right. Right. You know, or, that Here's a picture of me and my Ferrari. I'll show you at the, at the coffee yeah. shop and tell you how you can do the same thing. Like, come on. So yes. yes that's, yes. Um, that's really interesting to me. Cause I remember many years ago, you know, I think I was on LinkedIn, maybe like a year ishka and somebody was sitting in a hotel room in Hawaii on vacation from the U S and their daughter was sick and he was just scrolling on LinkedIn because he needed to be quiet. And that's how he found me. And then he asked me to do a speaking gig. And I thought, well, this is a magical world. I'm, and, and it worked out that we were closer than he realized. And I would be at an event where he was going to be. And even though we were still on both ends of North America. So I thought there was a magnificent power in it then. However, you do something different. You are a big believer about, you know, it's all about the inbox. Now, when you tell me about that and you dive in and impress our audience, can you tell me about what we want to hear about too is some of the pains along the way of the journey. Like how did this become 
you know, how easy was this for you? How many walls did you bang your head against? Because we don't want to be negative here, but it's always sounds so easy when it all works out. But when you're in the middle of it, what can my people do right now? My audience, my people, okay, I've now claimed to try, but uh, <laughs> what can my audience do right now with LinkedIn? And what were some of the painful learning curves you had? Well, I don't know. I descended from on high as a guru. I, yeah, I had yeah. it all figured out, Chris. No, yeah, I, the, one of my favorite lines, you know, is from the, the book, The Magic of Thinking Big from David Schwartz. He says, it's not so much what you know when you start, it's what you do after your door is open. That's right. what matters. And I made every conceivable mistake on LinkedIn in the beginning. And so again, the stakes were very high for me. I quit my day job and started my own kind of marketing company. I only had one client, I had enough money for 30 days. My wife was at home taking care of our three young boys under the age Ooh. of 10. I had no safety net. I didn't have a savings account. I didn't have investors. So it was on me to figure this out quickly right here, right now. And I made a ton of mistakes. The biggest mistake I made in the beginning that I still teach people about today was in the beginning, my LinkedIn profile really read like a resume. It was written right. in the third person. It was all about John okay. Nemo and my big new company which was yeah. me with a wobbly folding card table in a bedroom called Nemo Media Group, right? It was yeah, all about, yeah. I'm the CEO and I'm, I'm so important and blah, blah, blah. And it was all about my career. And what I quickly realized when I went on LinkedIn to try to talk to prospects was they didn't care. No. People do not care about you and me. They care about themselves morning, noon, and after supper. That's what Dale Carnegie says in How to Win Friends and Influence People. And at the time in 2012, that was a book that really was impacting my approach to business. And I realized, whoa, wait a minute. Why wouldn't I take what Carnegie's teaching, which is you make it all about the other person and what you can do for them. Why wouldn't I do that with my LinkedIn profile? So that first thing I did after making that mistake of having it read like a resume was, I'm going to make this all about you, how I can help you, um, you know, get what you want. And so what I basically did was, turned it upside down. Instead of a resume, it read like uh, how I can help you. And so I call it client facing. And here's an example. Uh, what I did was I got good advice, which was the riches are in the niches. That's yeah. the thing you can do right now. Whoever yeah. you are is pick a niche market to serve. Okay. Don't try to be everything to everyone. Be right. somebody to someone. Okay. Yeah. And so what I did was I reverse engineered where I'd had success in my career and my day jobs. One area was in trade associations, specifically one trade association I did PR and marketing for was for debt collectors. And that's not what everyone thinks about when they go, oh, I want to hire a you know, marketing person. I'm going to go market to debt collectors. But I knew the industry. I knew the audience. I knew they needed help. So my LinkedIn profile went from John Nemo, CEO, Nemo Media Group to John Nemo Debt Collection Marketing Services. First line of my LinkedIn profile, what I do. And here's one sentence everyone can use right now to improve their profile. First line of your LinkedIn profile, what I do, I help this target audience achieve benefits they want by providing my product or service. So you fill it in. It's just a fill in the blank sentence. What I do, I help, in my case, I said, I help debt collectors. And then I put in a benefit they wanted. I help debt collectors get more clients, improve their reputation, and add revenue by providing industry-specific debt collection marketing services. Once I just changed that one part of my profile, the LinkedIn headline, the first sentence, immediately the engagement went up. 
Now, let me, can, let me jump in because I want to ask yeah. you a couple of questions because this just generates a lot of things I know just for me. So I'm sure for our listeners. So yeah. a couple of things that you said, if I can circle back, one is, you know, I, I know you talk about them, right? You want to connect with them and you don't want to be doing, we know, I, I think we all know now, don't be doing the spammy stuff. So some people argue, you know, look at their profile. And as you say, say something about that. I know some people will say, oh, make it engaging. Like what's your favorite movie? What'd you have for breakfast? So I don't know when that gets hammy or that gets sincere. So that's one of my questions. And then the other thing for me is, in my case, I do focus really on when the hour, when the day, because that's where I have a coaching thing. I've written a book on it. That's my, you know, my forefront thing, online marketing right now. Even though I have a marketing agency, I really online talk about when the hour, when the day. But in my profile, I have that at top. Second to that, I have this now, now your business, because I have a podcast. And then thirdly, I have my marketing agency, but I'm all about when the hour on LinkedIn. Do you feel those other things on my profile, even though we're not aggressive about that, does that make me look like jack of all trades? What's your position on that? I think the key thing that I have learned and that I made a mistake with in the beginning, uh, I'll share all my favorite follow-ups and, and you know fall down flat on my face. In the beginning, when I was on LinkedIn trying to market and appeal to people, let's just stay with the profile for a minute. Yeah, I was being, uh, I was using big words. I was using catchy phrases. I was trying to kind of share these, you know, um, almost thoughts or, you know. You just, had your academic armor on. Right. And it was yeah. not simple. Here's right. the solution. Ultra simple, ultra fast. How can I within two seconds know right. is Chris Ward someone I want to connect with? What can she do for me? What's right. in it for me to connect with you? Win the hour, win the day. I don't know what that means uh, as a prospect. I don't know. Okay, maybe that's time management. Like, but do you work with people like me? You know, so like what you have to do is like we have to back out of our our own clever approaches and slogans and mantras. And we have to say on LinkedIn, at least you have to be ultra yeah. simple. So say you say one of the things you want to teach people with when the hour, when the day was time management. I have no idea. But anyway, you could say. <gasps> he has no idea. <laughs> We're no, going through kidding. a tunnel. <laughs> so time management consultant for coaches, business you know, owners, whatever. Again, yeah. That was your LinkedIn headline. Yeah. Now I immediately know what's the benefit Chris can bring me? Time management. Who does right. she work with? People just like me. So that's right. the idea is stepping back or even with a marketing agency, who do you serve? What are the specific services? What are the benefits I get? So that's where I really made that mistake for a long time. You know what, you're right. Clever lines and nobody would understand. And I didn't have a niche audience in mind. So yeah, sorry to cut you off. No, no, that's okay. I shouldn't be cutting you off. No, <laughs> that's, you're fine. Cute, an electric, a little electric shock every time I do it. So I'm working on that habit. I think that's a really good point because I know for me, I w- I, my ideal client is a service-based provider who's been in business at least five years. So I do say a service-based, but that's so boring and vague. And you're right. Most of the people I deal with want to serve, have a bigger impact on their audience. So what's that? That's a coach who wants to serve five people instead of one. So you're right. Even when you think you're niching down, you're not. Yeah. And it's, again, it has to be simple. And, and with LinkedIn, let's just stay on that platform. You cannot be everything to everyone. You just can't. You, you will be nobody to no one. You have to pick one or two target audiences 
And the more hyper-niched you can get, the more effective you'll be. That doesn't mean on your website, Facebook, other platforms, you can't be everything to everyone and have a broader appeal. What I'm learning, what my big thing with LinkedIn that I teach everyone, Chris, and you know this is my goal when I teach someone how to use LinkedIn is what's the fastest way for you to make money yeah. with this platform? Yeah. What's the absolute yeah. fastest way for you to convince someone from a prospect to a paying client? And the fastest way is niching yourself to one audience and saying, I'm the debt collection marketing guy. If you own a debt collection agency, I do marketing for you. Here's the benefits right. I bring. Here's the case studies. Here's the content. That's all I'm focused on. Now, in reality, I can do marketing for anyone. But on LinkedIn, the way that this platform works is if you niche yourself that well, and that's what I finally figured out in 2012 was if I just niche myself as debt collection marketing guy, what I do, I help debt collectors do all these things. Then I go out and guess what? Only connect with debt collectors. They love me because I'm all about them. I'm all about their world, their industry. The number one thing all of us want to know, Chris, when we hire anyone is, have you worked with someone like me before? Do you right. know my unique industry? Do you know my unique pain points and challenges as a small business service provider in the HVAC space in right. Canada? Right? right? Like they get that yeah. hyper. Well, no, in Saskatchewan or versus Calgary. Or like people yeah. want it that hyper. You don't have to go that yeah. far down. Yeah. But the more you can make people feel like you've walked in my shoes, you understand my world you're providing a service that will get me things I want. That's where LinkedIn really gets powerful. Where I see people struggle and spin their wheels and get frustrated. And what I did too was I tried to be everything to everyone and I wasn't clear in who I served or the immediate benefits. I had all these, it, here's another thing I was going to make fun of myself for. In the beginning, I called myself a LinkedIn guru. I called myself a LinkedIn ninja. I called my, you know, I used all these fancy words to try yeah. to catch attention. And I just looked like a doofus. And the end of the day, the end of the day you're, the, much, you're it, the LinkedIn was, doofus. <laughs> yes, so well, that would work too. Now yeah. I just say, you know, LinkedIn trainer for business coaches and consultants. It's simple because people, right. the other thing you have to remember, Chris, like you remarked earlier is we're in this hyper-connected, always on thousand miles an hour online world. Here's what I mean. On LinkedIn, when you send someone an invite or when they come across your profile, you've got probably two seconds to capture their attention and interest. Yeah. And if your headline and the first line of your profile doesn't make clear uh, what you do, who you serve and what's in it for me, I'm moving on. Yeah. I, I just, I don't have time. There's 700 million members on LinkedIn now. There's a lot of people, you know, yelling for my attention. But if you come to me and I own a debt collection agency and the first, your headline says debt collection marketing services, you go, oh, well, they do marketing specifically for our industry. I need marketing. What's the first line say? I help debt collectors get these benefits. Well, those are benefits I want. Maybe I'll look a little deeper. Maybe now we can get into how to engage people. But that's where we have to start fundamentally is with that profile, simple, clear, hyper niche focused. And I think that's an amazing point because I know that you should niche down, but then the point you just made is you, th you think you're done, but there's another level you can go oh, yeah. to, right? So I think that for me, I just had an aha moment thinking, oh, I thought, no, no, you don't understand. I've done that. I've niche, niche, niche down like, oh, there's one more really important step. <laughs> so let me go back to those 30 days, man. When, one of the things I talk about with time management, so it is all about 
you know, putting systems in place uh, or strategies. I don't like the word systems because there's a lot of heavy systems out there, but I talk about whatever time you have making that time really effective. So I'm not going to get into all that and how that works, but I do know, uh, you know, fear and stress. And, and one of the things I talk to people about too, when they think they'll rely on discipline, discipline actually erodes your brain power. So I'm really interested to hear about those first 30 or 60 days, because it's hard to think when you have the clock breathing down your neck and a, and a supportive wife looking at you sideways going, I'm here, but this is, I'm not enjoying it. So how did you even think straight? Like, how did you not beat yourself up when every mistake probably felt so costly. Yeah, it it was it was a it was a scary time, but what I told myself and I think mindset is really important here and belief and even then I didn't have the best mindset in the world and I took failure personally and I beat myself up, but what I told myself was I'm going to give this a go. I can always go get another day job. I had enough self-confidence and self-esteem and success in quote unquote corporate yeah. day jobs that I felt like if this all falls apart, I'll go interview and get another job. I've networked well. I'll, I'll survive. We're not going to die. Okay. And so that was part of it just to give myself permission and then really understanding uh, nothing gets you more fired up than having some success and some hope. And right. once I started getting engagement and once I started getting people saying, I would like to talk to you, that just lit a fire in me that said, okay, something here is working. Now I would send spammy sales messages and, and turn people off and go, oh, what were you thinking? And I would learn from that. And I would say, okay, next time, why don't I take a step back? How would I treat this person in real life? Now was where I really had this mm. aha moment was what would I say? If I met you in real life, I wouldn't start with the sales pitch. I would ask questions. I would break the ice. And so once I started using that approach, it began building momentum and people started getting interested and they started getting clients. And then pretty soon it's going and going and going. And that's really, I think the thing that I had to figure out also with time management was because I committed to such a small, tiny niche, I didn't have to worry about anything else or anyone else. Right. Right. I was able to just tune out the outside noise and go, I'm only focused on debt collectors. So when I wake up today and create content, all I'm thinking about is how can I help debt collectors today? What, what, when I create something, how do I niche it for them? When I go on and, and get on a call, I'm, my head's only in the debt collection industry. I can talk about the latest news with these guys. Like that was- Who knew they simple. had latest news? Cause that doesn't Oh yeah, like oh, really they do, <laughs> believe me. Like I lived in that world in a trade association. I was like, oh yeah, this is, I knew the audience. And so you're, keeping you're it simple to, is key. You're trying to make that sound interesting and sexy, but the whole no, debt it's not. collector- It's yeah. boring. It's boring so, unless you're a debt collector, then it's your world. And that's- I think- Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I think what happens is, and this theme has come up a couple of times on this uh, podcast is you, you keep saying real life, but really what you're saying, and it's a really powerful point. And I know I forget it all the time. I'm getting way, way better at this, but I constantly forget it is putting the social back in social media. Yes. Right. And I think what happens is, and I, I've shared this before is you put your shoulders back and put on your business jacket and say, okay, now 
I was fine when I was doing speaking gigs because I was presenting. So then I had the bad habit of presenting online instead of talking to people because you, you're at work. You're at work. I'm in work mode. I'm supposed to look grown up. I'm supposed to look professional. And so I'm trying to stand tall, shoulders back, and, and use big words that I paid a lot of money for. And that was all wrong, right? And, and that's the thing is we have to keep learning and learning and learning that somehow I think now we're, you know, you're scrolling with your thumb, right? So now our, right. our sentences have to be shorter and now we're doing emojis all over the place. So I went to all that school so I could learn how to, you know, do little pictures. <laughs> yeah. Well, and let's, let's talk about this because it's an interesting dynamic with LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the quote professional network. Yeah. So you're already coming there in work mode, suit and tie, formal, professional. What I discovered early on was go against that and you stand out. To right. me, the, the biggest sin in marketing is to be boring, is to be like everyone else. And right. you, you alluded to it earlier, well, how do I do it without being hammy or cheesy or heavy handed? My big advice is to everyone I talk to, your number one advantage in the marketplace, your number one way to differentiate yourself is you. It's right. your unique personality. It's your unique communication style. It's your unique story. So what I started doing on LinkedIn was putting the social into social media. I would play to my social strengths, which were, you know, asking people about uh, when they, I saw where they went to college, asking about sports teams and connecting around sports because I love sports. For you, it might be something else. But I would also showcase and share my personality and my goofiness. And right. when I would do LinkedIn trainings, I would, you know, cite Vanilla Ice and talk about the 1980s. And like, people are like, what is this? He's crazy. But and, and if I could give you kudos, you are the king of dad jokes. Oh, I, yeah. I have a million of them. <laughs> right. Like that's, I, I, I am very self-deprecating. And I think what I discovered was at the end of the day, Chris, even on LinkedIn, you're still marketing to a human being. They have a sense yeah. of humor and we still, you know, they still have a personality and communication style. And what I learned was the other big pushback right now on social media is we all crave authenticity. We yeah. all crave transparency and authenticity. And you even said earlier in the podcast, like share some of your losses. Like don't yeah. just come on here and pretend you're the guru. And, yeah. and, you know, I think that's a real strength right now in business because when you're transparent, when you're authentic, when you share your real self, your real life, you attract people who resonate with that, who go, okay, he's not pretending life is perfect. He's not pretending he just lives in a sports car and it's all easy. He's, he's walking in the same journey I am. And, and people really get attracted to that. And again, at the end of the day, as our cave brains work together, I have yeah. to know and like and trust you. And I can't do that. I interviewed someone today that was just too slick and was too polished and had everything together. And I thought, I don't trust you. It was really right. interesting to me because I was like, it wasn't that easy. And even when they told their failure story, it was done in such a successful way. I'm like, yeah, I still don't really like you because I screw up every day <laughs> and I don't feel like you can relate to me. So you don't get my money. And you know that what? What's interesting to me too is I know this, like I am a, a, a nutso person for backstories and for documentaries and behind the scenes and the story yeah. behind the story. And I've even seen me where, you know, I'm watching Olympics and something will come on and what the heck do I care about this sport? I didn't even know this was invented five minutes ago. What is this? Why are they upside down in a luge? I don't understand that. <laughs> and then, then yeah. they do some interview with some man and you're like, right. five minutes later, I'm like, I hope he wins. His right. father's yeah. in the stands. <laughs> right? 
And this is, this is a key point. People need a narrative to attach to you. Right. So with your content that you create on LinkedIn, with what you share online, with your status updates, with your communication with people, they need a narrative. I became just simple example, debt collection marketing guy. My narrative they could remember me by was, well, that's unique. You don't find a debt collection marketing guy every day. Oh, he worked in the industry. He's got this narrative of what he did. For you or for you know, someone else, it's going to be a different narrative. But people, we remember everything through story. So right. if I don't have a good story to tell about who Chris is and what makes her unique and different and better than some other yeah. consultant or coach, I'll just forget. You're just a commodity. And that's yeah. where this personal element comes in. I'll give you an example of this. How I became memorable to one of my first clients was I call it my send it in Jerome story. So when I'm out there on LinkedIn early, early days, you know, trying to find business, I took that step back and I said, how do I break the ice with this prospect? And all I could find from the prospect's profile was they went to the University of Pittsburgh here in the United States during the 1980s. What do I know about Pitt during the 80s? Okay, I knew about sports. That was my passion. They had a great basketball team during the 80s while this person was a student there. All that's right on their LinkedIn profile. So I go, send them a LinkedIn invite and a message. And I say, do you remember Send It In Jerome? And what Send It In Jerome was, for those that don't know, my non-sports fanatic friends, was during the 19, I think it was 87 season, Pittsburgh had a great team. And nationally televised game, basketball, college, guy named Jerome Lane goes up, dunks the basketball, and shatters the glass backboard. And it's, again, this huge moment. Today, it would have been viral. You know, everyone talk yeah, about yeah, it. But yeah. the announcer at the time, Bill Rafferty, as the guy dunks and the glass shatters and the stadium goes crazy, he yells, send it in, Jerome, send it in. You know, <laughs> and it was this huge moment. It was a huge story because that doesn't happen every day. And I knew, just instantly flash back to that memory, Pitt, 1980s, that university, sent that to this person on LinkedIn, who, by the way, was a student during that time. Mm. That took me all of 14 seconds to pull together. He immediately wrote back, I was at the game. Oh, oh my gosh. You know, like he's back in the glory best days. Friend. <laughs> Love you, man. You know? Love you. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, we're now bantering and having fun talking about his glory days as a student at that university. Right. Next, he goes and looks at my profile. This is all happening in real time. Looks at my profile, debt collection marketing guy. I'm all about helping debt collectors. He's a debt collector. So now he writes back a new message again in real time. Hey, I got curious. I looked at your profile. We're actually looking for marketing help. Let's have a call. So we have a call the next day. I get a $10,000 contract and off we go. And that was just this insane win. And I remember here's the punchline to the story was, you know, later that year when I'm auditing and talking to all my clients, I say to this person, what really helped me win your business? You know, was it my website? Was it my brochure, my logo, my colors? You know, what was it? And he goes, no, man, it was send it in Jerome. I just right. had an instant connection with you. I felt like we would have fun working together. And I thought, man, if this guy can personalize his engagement that much with me on LinkedIn, I bet he could really help us with marketing to our clients, you know? Right. So it was like immediately bringing in my goofy personality and I'm not saying you have to copy how I would do that, right. but that's the idea of being social, being a human, breaking the ice, and the Dale Carnegie thing, I was making it all about him. You were a right. student at this university during this time period. Do you remember this wild scene? Yes, I do. And now I'm all warmed up talking about my favorite topic, which is me, right? Like right. <laughs> people love to talk about themselves. And that's where when you get people engaged in a non-threatening way on LinkedIn, 
now you start opening up the opportunity to ask questions, to solve problems. And LinkedIn has really recognized this. If you look at the way one-on-one -on -one LinkedIn messaging works today, it's very conversational. It's almost like right. instant messaging. Emojis and animated GIFs and little videos you can upload and little yeah. voice memos. They want us to be conversational. They understand. LinkedIn messaging does not work like email. It works like texting. And there's a reason yeah. for that. Yeah, no. Man, those are a lot of really good points. I know I, I mean, I, I think more than most people in the room, I really dive into LinkedIn and I've been there for a while. So I'm no LinkedIn expert, nor am I English graduate because I'm no English, <laughs> I'm no LinkedIn <laughs> expert. So we'll work on my verbal skills. But I, I thought, you know, I had a pretty good handle on it. So I certainly had some takeaways today. So I'm sure my audience does. Um, so I'm going to ask you, where can we find you? But I guess the obvious question is LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> you can find Nemo on LinkedIn. I also okay. give away a free copy of my book. If you okay. go to linkedinriches.com, linkedinriches.com, okay. you can get a free audio book or the PDF kind of EPUB versions uh, to gotcha. start there because a lot of it really begins with understanding the lay of the land. There's a lot to digest, but I try to do it in a simple way sharing all the mistakes I've made over the last seven years, but also what you can do right now. Like that's the other thing I really focus on in the book and in the trainings is what are some quick wins, some simple things you can do on LinkedIn right now to get people talking to you, to get engagement going and taking it from there. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Mr. John Nemo. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm sure there's many takeaways for our audience. So thank you again for joining us on Now Your Business. My pleasure. If you've enjoyed our show, please do leave a review. Right now, we are giving away a free audio version of Win the Hour, Win the Day, valued at $15, but we know people that's worth more than that because it could help you eliminate 80% of your to-do list and 100% of your guilt. So until our next show, thank you again for joining us.